Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night, the monsters lurking under your bed or maybe deep in the forest, that unknown creature lurking just out of sight, and frighteningly imagined creatures, ghosts, supernatural beings, or even some unsolved mysteries. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we're looking into a rather interesting conspiracy theory. Well, not so much conspiracy and not so much theory, just kind of weird and, well, you you know what, I'm going to let you be the judge. Okay. With that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. That choice of libation is yours, my darlings, so choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say, internet, that's going to be a single shot. And every time I say, cicada. That's going to be a double shot. I know you're scratching your heads. I love doing that to you guys. Anyways, now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's Dark Enigma. All right, put on your best cyberpunk duds. Grab your laptop and log into the deepest, darkest part of the interwebs as we're jumping down the rabbit hole with the eerie enigma of Cicada 3301. If you've been living under a rock, you don't know this, but we live in the age of the internet. If you don't believe me, put your phone in a cabinet for the next 30 days. I promise you, you'll go nuts. Virtually every aspect of our lives is tied in some shape, way, or form to cyberspace. And the internet? Well, it's become a sprawling, lawless cyber jungle. And just like a real jungle, there are things that move in the shadows and stalk about in the wilderness out there in the ether. And in some cases, it's hard to know if what is prowling out there in the dark is harmless, a predator, a mere illusion caused by the play of light on the internet leaves, or maybe something else. It is from this cyber wilderness that creeps one of the weirdest unsolved technological mysteries of the modern age. A puzzle put forth from some mysterious cabal whose agenda and identity remain unknown to this very day, and which has spiraled into perhaps the most legendary and baffling conundrums of the internet. On the 4th of January, 2012, a cryptic message in simple white text on a black background mysteriously appeared on the infamous image board 4chan, set a small corner of the internet ablaze. It stated simply, and I quote, Hello, we are looking for highly intelligent individuals. To find them, we have devised a test. There is a message hidden in the image. 
find it, and it will lead you on the road to finding us. We look forward to meeting the few who will make it all the way through. Good luck. End quote. Well, the denizens of 4chan didn't know what to quite make of that. Was it a marketing tactic? A recruitment scheme for some tech firm? An elaborate joke? I don't know, a meme? Maybe? Who knows? The message was signed simply 3301 and was accompanied by a cicada imagery and an image in which the first clue was hidden. Thus started the weird, sometimes creepy, story of what would prove to be one of the most elaborate and complex puzzles ever devised by man. Okay, maybe we might be overstating that. What would become known as the Cicada 3301 puzzle is massively complex, involving a staggering array of elements, including references to poetry, artwork, music, speculative fiction, obscure 18th century literary works, Mayan calendars, philosophy, mathematics, cryptography, numerology, technology, data security, stenography, and ancient manuscripts, among others. Wow, seriously? They didn't quote me? I'm, I'm insulted. No, I'm just kidding. Who would quote me? It spans continents, requires enormous reserves of willpower, knowledge, and technical skill, and has often been referred to as the most elaborate and mysterious puzzle of the Internet age. The puzzles have a vast scope and transcend mere cyberspace using a wide variety of media such as telephones, original music, pages of unpublished, obscure books, printed pages posted in various locations, digital imagery, downloadable CDs, and others, all of which use various encryption and encoding techniques to cleverly hide data. The puzzles can't be solved from a computer, at least just a computer alone, often requiring the player to travel to different destinations around the world in order to get the next clue or riddle. Hey, that's one way to get out of your mom's basement, right? Often in the form of a QR code that has been physically plastered to a telephone pole, lamppost, or even a mailbox. And these locations are as far flung as various locations within the United States, France, Spain, Russia, Japan, Poland, and South Korea. Each and every riddle and clue is time-stamped, must be done in a specific order, and it is impossible to backtrack or undo any mistakes. As the player progresses, the puzzle gets increasingly more complex and personalized to the individual, requiring them to dig deep into their experience and knowledge. The original puzzle began with an image hidden in the original post. 3301 led its followers through a series of puzzles involving cryptography, stenography, book codes, Caesar ciphers, and a veritable merry dance of arcane knowledge. Clues progressed in a complicated chain that seemed to have been in place long before the first message even dropped. You gotta love these guys. They thought of everything. The majority were found across websites. At one point, solvers came across a list of coordinates and, well, had to travel to one of five different countries, from South Korea to Poland, to retrieve the next clue. 
a poster with an image of an insect, the cicada, and a QR code leading to the new challenge. The trail seemed almost mystical, full of references to enlightenment, the holy grail, cryptic messages such as, the key has always been in front of your eyes. A sentence only marginally less annoying than, it'll be in the last place that you look. (laughs) To date, there have been three such puzzles. The original puzzle lasted for one month, followed by another on January the 5th of 2013, and the last on January the 5th of 2014, each one spaced exactly one year apart. Although, oddly, no new round was released on January the 5th of 2015. All of the puzzles for every year are inextricably linked and require an intimate understanding of the previous year's puzzle in order to move on to the next round. And they each open with an enigmatic message to potential players that instills curiosity and whets the appetite for what is to come. For instance, the puzzle for 2014 started with, Hello, epiphany is upon you. Your pilgrimage has begun. Enlightenment awaits. Good luck, 3301. As amazingly difficult and elaborately sophisticated as the Cicada 3301 puzzles are, the biggest mystery surrounding them is that no one knows who's responsible for creating them or why. Besides the cryptic stated original purpose of finding highly intelligent individuals, no one has any idea of what the ultimate purpose or goal of the puzzle is. The only thing that is clear is that the designs of the puzzles are indemnified undeniably ingenious, incredibly sophisticated, and thought to be nearly impossible to solve. It is also relatively clear that whatever enigmatic organization is releasing the puzzles is, well, very well funded to be able to place clues in such disparate locations around the world, often simultaneously. This has led to an immense amount of speculation on what sort of mysterious organization is behind Cicada 3301, and what their ultimate goal is. The most common theory is that it's a recruitment tool for some intelligence agencies, such as the NSA, CIA, MI6, or some even more secretive, shadowy, omnipresent agency. Yet, none of these organizations have ever claimed responsibility for the puzzles. It has also been said that Cicada 3301 could be the doing of a corporation, a bank working on some sort of cryptocurrency, a secret society dedicated to improving privacy and cryptography, or even a cabal of hackers up to, well, some nefarious worldwide pot. Because, you know, when you're a cabal of hackers, that's what you do. Other theories support the idea that Cicada 3301 is a front for some terrorist organization. Yeah, I'm not buying that. And some of the more far-out fringe ideas point the fingers at aliens, because, you know my theory, it's always aliens. And even when it's not, it's always aliens. In all cases, there's no evidence at all to support any one of these ideas over any of the others. It could be Jimmy Hoffa, maybe Elvis Presley putting the puzzles out from Atlantis, for all any of us know. (laughs) I'm hoping it's that one. It's a total mystery as to how many people are involved, where they're based out of, or what they ultimately want. No one has any clue. And the ones behind Cicada 3301 have responded to these sorts of allegations and speculation only once to deny that they were engaged in any illegal activities. Other than that, complete radio silence. Because 
That's awesome. <laughs> Just as mysterious as the identity, identity of Cicada 3301 and their motives is the question of what happens when someone actually successfully solves the puzzles. Thousands of people have taken a crack at them, but although many have claimed to have solved them, there has been no forthcoming announcement from the organization to this end, and it's unclear just how many people have actually really passed or what becomes of them when they do. There was a rumor that some of the people who completed the puzzles were administered a personality test by email, after which they were admitted into a mysterious group, but little, little is known of what happens after that, and no one who has reportedly been allowed into the inner sanctum seems to be willing to talk. Damn that cone of silence, right? One of the few people who is known to have allegedly solved the puzzle, a security researcher by the name of Joel Erickson, helped to shed a little light on the whole process. Erickson at first came across Cicada 3301 by accident after the very first image was posted in 2012. He originally treated it as some sort of a brain teaser and a challenge to work on in his spare time. But he soon was drawn into it and learned just how incredibly complex it was and just how deep the, the rabbit hole goes. At first, Erickson used his considerable talents with stenography and cryptography, as well as various stenography and decryption programs, to start uncovering the clues and decode the ciphers hidden in various images and texts online. But his mission to solve it would lead him out into the real world as well. Part of the process involved calling a phone number in Texas, which had been extracted through riddles hidden within images that were then deciphered into the number's digits in order to get a voicemail holding the next clue. Additionally, there were in the end a total of 14 GPS locations revealed through various riddles and encrypted codes for various countries around the world, which invariably pinpointed physical posters with the image of a cicada and a QR code that would lead to the next riddle or clue. Due to the geological constraints, Erickson was not able to journey to every one of these physical locations himself, but rather relied on others who were in those countries. In the end, Erickson passed all of the hurdles and solved all of the increasingly mind-bogglingly complex riddles until he was directed back into the internet, into the deepest layer of cyberspace he went, known as the Darknet. In the end, he found himself on the cusp of entering further into the mystery than anyone else had known at that point. At a final address on the anonymous Tor network, but he was disappointed in what he found there. Instead of a final answer to the mystery, there was a message proclaiming that the organization was not accepting anyone else. As it appeared, they were disappointed that too many people had been collaborating and working together to solve the puzzle rather than solving it on their own, as was intended. Although, in Erickson's case, he had indeed solved it by himself, it was by that time already too late. Instead of the door into what lay beyond the mystery opening, it had been frustratingly slammed in his face. Erickson would go on to show a deep fascination with and admiration of the staggering attention to detail on display in the puzzles, and made the observation that individuality appeared to be a highly desirable quality for the Cicada 330, the 3301 Cabal. 
In an interview by Michael Grothaus for Fast Company magazine, Erickson also offered his own insight into what he felt was behind Cicada 3301. He didn't feel that it was any sort of governmental agency and said, and I quote, It's most likely an underground organization not related to any government or intelligence agency. Based on the references in their challenges, the Agrippa poem by William Gibson, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell by William Blake, The Book of the Law by Aleister Crowley, and their constant references to prime numbers and the like, they are likely intellectual, anti-establishment, ideologically driven, and they seem to be valuing, valuing logical, analytical thinking highly. They seem to share a lot of ideology with the crypto-anarchy movement and old-school hacker." End quote. As to how large the organization might be, Erickson has conceded that they must be very well prepared and organized, but that it's not necessarily a big group of people, as he told Fast Company, and I quote again, It really only takes one dedicated person to plan it all, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably three to five, with one of them being the main driving force. They probably spend about one to two months on setting everything up before each year's puzzle. I think it's possible to set up similar challenges in a much shorter amount of time as well, but not with as great attention to detail as Cicada 3301. End quote. While Erickson was able, unable to pass through the final stage, there most certainly must be those who have. So what happens then? What lies at the end of this bizarre little rabbit hole? The answer to that question is, well, murky at best. The problem is this. Whoever they are, they've never come forward to elaborate. The closest that we can get to an understanding of what one might expect, if they were to get any further than Erickson, is the testimony of another person who allegedly genuinely made it all the way through to the final stage and proceeded to push into the secrets that were buried beyond. Also given in that same interview with Fast Company's Michael Grouthis. In this case, the player was a 16-year-old teenager who goes by the online handle Technology. Yeah, you gotta love that, right? Interestingly, in this case, the puzzle was passed by doing the very thing that Cicada 3301 had warned against. With Technology collaborating online with a group of 12 others, mostly anonymous to each other, to help each other solve the myriad riddles and share information. When Technology finally made it to the last step, even though he had not completed the puzzle on his own, he was not shut out, as had been done to Erickson. What he found instead was a message of congratulations, along with instructions to enter a public address from a free email service, after which he was told further information would be forthcoming. The information that came was more clues and riddles, a final test perhaps, which technology allegedly passed with flying colors and was then given a Tor URL, username and a password with which he could move past the curtain and deeper into the Tor site to, to a place few others had ever ventured. What technology reportedly found there surprised him. Instead of being formally ushered into some shadowy organization, there was a kind of forum board that consisted of a chat room that had roughly about 20 members, a private messaging service, and a notice board. On the notice board were various topics concerning current projects of the group. And what were these projects? Well, technology claimed that they were mostly concerned with cryptography, encryption, further improving privacy and anonymity, and creating new types of open source software. This seemed on the surface fairly benign, 
but Technology warned that he found some of the online chats on the site to hint at something more sinister, claiming that they seemed to show a particular interest in infiltrating various private and public organizations, one in particular being mentioned as the magazine publishing company Condé Nast, which owns Wired Magazine. Although there was never any indication of any sort of, sort of t- cyber terrorism or creation of viruses, it nevertheless was a bit disconcerting. In the end, although he did not get the impression that the Cicada 3301 group was particularly evil, he did find everything a bit eerie and unnerving, and thought them to be similar to other mysterious highly secretive groups, some, something like the Freemasons. There were other odd details that became clear as he spent time in this inner sanctum. Although the organization was clearly run by brilliant minds, the communications between members seemed very loose and formal, with grammar and spelling mistakes peppered throughout. Because, you know, smart people make boo-boos. I mean, it happens. I do it all the time. These kinds of details made technology suspect that it was not some government agency like the NSA or the CIA, nor did he think it was some sort of security company. He also eschewed the idea that these were just a ragtag group of hackers messing around, as everything was too meticulously planned and sophisticated. When all was said and done, he was just as baffled as to who they were as he had been when he'd set out on his quest to join them. The only thing that had become clear was that Cicada 3301 was, well, obviously well-funded, well-organized, well-connected, and with many resources at their disposal. Virginian coder Marcus Warner, who was just 15 when he passed the Cicada test, has shed some additional light on what the mysterious organization hoped to achieve. Upon his completion of the final task, he and the other successful candidates were invited to the same anonymous chat server and put to work creating software. Their project was a so-called dead man switch that could be used by whistleblowers to release information if they were imprisoned or killed. However, things did not go according to plan, because by seeking out individuals and releasing statements such as, we want the best, not the followers, well, Cicada 3301 had ended up with not a team, but a group of very strong personalities, well, who basically couldn't collaborate. Because you know what, when we're all babies, none of us want to be special. It didn't help, as long-standing Cicada solver Taiwo remarks, that they were asked to do something unprecedented given a great wallop of freedom and precious little guidance. Yeah, because, you know, we do need focus. Over time, coding slowed down, members lost motivation, and the group's numbers dwindled until just one and one other remained. A year later, the server was quietly taken down, and, according to Warner, the dates lined up with the Ed- Edward Snowden leaks, which made everyone in cryptography paranoid, searching for backdoors or signs of NSA surveillance. Now, Knox Popoli had been quickly convinced of Cicada's validity by Wiener, whom he knew through Alternate Reality Games, which is an interactive narrative full of puzzles. And Knox undertook the challenge in 2013. He won, received his invitation from 3301, and was waiting to be enrolled in the group. But, as he stated, the implication was that they were going to be joining to work on something, but they said, we need a little bit of time to organize, and then they disappeared without warning. Speculation and rumor were rife. 3301 was a secretly a cult, they were secretly criminals, and with the benefit of hindsight, Knox has his own less radical theory. 
The dates line up with the Edward Snowden leaks, which, of course, made everyone in cryptography paranoid, searching for the backdoors or signs of NSA surveillance. Couple that with the project's lack of results, and it's just possible that Cicada 3301, well, just decided to throw in the, to the towel and give it up. But the mystery then deepened. Cicada surfaced for one final flurry of testing in 2014, and the winners received not invitations, but a digital book of intricate runes entitled The Liber Primus. Copies were quickly shared with the wider community. It was the largest puzzle that they'd faced as of yet, and it was the most difficult, too. Whereas everything before it had been solved in a month or so of dedicated work, the Liber Primus has proven formidable. In six years, only two of its 58 pages have been decoded, and Cicada 3301 has vanished once again. Although there's no new puzzle released in 2015, and no word on what Cicada 3301's next plan is, or indeed if the group even is still exists, there's still a chance that they may make an appearance in the future. Do you think you have what it takes to solve the puzzle? No, I don't. According to Erickson, it requires a high level of logical and analytical skill, a solid knowledge of mathematics, especially prime numbers, cartography, and stignography, as well as a deep, meticulous understanding of all of the previous puzzles. He also recommends that any would-be sleuths solve all of the steps of the puzzles by themselves without outside help, collaboration, or relying on any kind of write-up or cheat sheet. As to whether we will ever know who's orchestrating the group, Erickson also had some thoughts on that, saying that he didn't think the ones pulling the strings would ever reveal themselves, even to a winner. In his opinion, it was more likely that a winner would only be spoken to indirectly through anonymous communication, and would only be given the barest need-to-know information, such as what was expected from them within the group, and what their general ideology was. Other than that, he thinks it's likely the ringleaders would keep their identities and ultimate goals murky and hidden. Their very last message simply served to disown the copycats and scammers who had emerged in their absence and were trying to profit financially from fans' desire for answers. And then silence. And I quote, As traditional methods continue to founder, a few have devised esoteric solutions, searching for a deeper meaning behind 3301's mysterious messages or looking at the hunt as some sort of a spiritual journey. End quote. And then they were gone. Yet instead of dying down, the community surrounding Cicada has grown larger than ever. For some, the goal remains the same. Crack the case. They believe that 3301 is still out there waiting, and they might have a chance to join up if they can just prove themselves. One user who wanted to remain anonymous said, I do think there is another flag to be captured. I'm just hoping to someday work on privacy tools with like-minded individuals. The group has become used to a never-ending series of false leads, excited newcomers claiming to have the answer. Others are less focused on the elusive end goal. One member, by the username of Puck, says that once he stopped working alone and joined the online community, the process became more important than reaching the finish line. The majority of new members are drawn in by the mystery, knowing little to nothing about privacy, security, or cryptography. With the prize eternally out of reach, the solvers have started teaching each other rather than competing. They disappear down the rabbit hole and come out with experience that they can take forward. 
Did 3301 know their puzzle had the potential to build a community where so many like-minded people could learn from one another? Hmm, I don't know. As with so much about this story, there's no way to be sure. But it's significant that in later years, the puzzles were designed to require cooperation. The path couldn't be walked alone. Perhaps Cicada was trying to make good on its earlier mistake. Knox believes the Liber Primus was never intended to be solved. In his view, that hardly matters. While the community that's formed around the Cicada puzzles continues working away, the ideals and skills their creators sought to promote are kept alive. So, who is behind Cicada 3301? What do they want? What's their ultimate goal? And are they benign or malevolent? When will they come forth with a new puzzle for the next batch of hopefuls? And what will happen to those that actually succeed? What was the ultimate outcome of the first three puzzles released so far? Even now, nobody has any answers to any of those questions. And you know what? It looks like we never will. Whoever Cicada 3301 are, they remain hidden out in the far corners of that vast wilderness of cyberspace, in the very deepest depths of the dark, dark interwebs. They could be anybody. The person next to you on the elevator. The one walking past you on the street. Even the one sitting next to you at work. They could be friend, foe, or both. They could be our saviors. They could be our distractors. Cicada 3301 has become almost legendary and is certainly one of the most baffling and eerie mysteries of the modern internet age that we live in. And who knows, one of them could be me. And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of our episode. I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope that you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, or you just want to tell me what you think, or you know you want to send me a picture, whatever, drop me a line because I do reply to all emails. On that note, my darlings, that's all the time I have for you this evening, and I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And do not forget to tune in next time, my darlings. I see you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. 